like to admit like some swimmers, some tennis players. Yeah. Oh yes. yeah. Yo, if you ever meet Roger Federer, can you get a picture with him and be like stability podcast? I'll try, but I've heard stories of of the like, really high ones. Oh yeah, yeah. They would be even uh, at Athletes Village. They try to hide themselves. True, because <laughs> you, you know, have athletes bombarding them for pictures. Oh yeah, because there's younger kid athletes, like you know. Stability, the podcast hosted by Hassan. Ash- I, I started about I started about four months ago, uh, November. Oh, that's good. I was sitting there really bored. I was like, I like to talk a lot. What's so good that I can do with talking? And someone's like, Oh, why don't you start a podcast? I was like, Fuck it, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very good idea. Okay, uh, let's. We're here to talk about you. Uh, so let's okay. start. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself and what you do and who you are? Yeah. So first, you can hear me very careful, clearly, right? Oh yeah, very clear. Okay, because that's what matters. You're as clear as the ocean is in the Pacific. Wow. Okay, that's so good. very clear. Very clear. So just introduce myself and yeah. my sport. Yeah, your everything. sport. Okay. So my name is Jeremy Hazin, and I am a professional table tennis player on the national team of Canada, and I have qualified for the Tokyo 2021 Olympic Games, and I will be representing Team Canada. At the Olympics this summer. Well, now I have a question for that. Because 2020 was actually last year, it technically now is 2021 Tokyo Olympics. Uh, is Team Canada still going? Someone told me that they uh, they pulled out. Uh, that was the original plan because the games were not going to be postponed or canceled uh, last year when the pandemic was first starting. It was about March when Team Canada issued a formal statement saying that if the games are held in the summer of 2020, then they would not go. But right. and now it's been postponed to 2021, as we all know, exactly a year, July. I think July 23rd, exactly a year. And uh, Canada is going and all the other countries so far as of now, they will be going to the okay. postponed games. Okay. Okay. See, because my brother was like, he's like, hey, you know, they're canceled. Like, they're not going. Like, no one's going to, to- uh, Tokyo in 2021. I was like, I should have read it more into it. I, I think I didn't do my research thoroughly enough. I don't think I should trust that guy anymore. But anyway, <laughs> how excited are you for that? Like, that's a very, it's a one, that's only few people in their lifetime ever get to go to participate I, in the events. I mean, yeah, that's a very special experience for me because. It is actually a once-in-a-lifetime chance for many athletes who have a dream of achieving their goals. And how long? So let's start about the sport of ping pong, table tennis. Okay, is it officially called table tennis or ping pong? I'm never sure what to uh, call it. Officially, it's called table tennis. Yeah. Right, but so is ping pong just like uh, just it's in, what is it? Where did that come from? Do you know where that originated from? Ping I pong don't. is more like a Asian slur to it. <laughs> Uh, like a brand, a like brand. it's just or a name. Ping pong is kind of more like a name. Table tennis is more like the official sport, like like the logo. Table tennis. That's it's that's like the formal name, the oh, casual yeah. name. You can call it ping pong, but uh, the official name is table tennis. Yeah. I never really realized where that came from because I've played table tennis in my lifetime. Nothing like very competitive, but I've played in a few tournaments just for the fun sakes of it. And, you know, lo- fell in love with the sport, like racket sports, you know. You know, I had someone ask me, okay, if you're good, 
I noticed that if you're good at racket sports, you're mostly good at a lot of racket sports. Are you also good at uh, badminton? Or is that just, what is that? Uh, I haven't played in a long time, so it'll be hard to tell. But were I you, assume I should be decent because it's a were, racket sport. Were you good at it before? Uh, I used to play for fun when I was younger. But now, not much time, as I dedicated all my time to table tennis. So can, let's talk about your career in table tennis, right? You started young. When was the, like when was the first time you picked up a you know ping pong racket or a table tennis racket? First time I picked up the racket was when I was nine years old. Uh, I was injured. Yes, only oh, wow. Yeah, that's actually considered late for right, many yeah, professional athletes. Yeah, uh, because many athletes they start as young kids at five or at yeah. six. But the I haven't they started playing. The yeah. moment they can hold it. So you started at nine. Yeah, very late compared with other people that are professional. So in how'd any get, sport, nine is our late. How'd you get started in it? Like, what? who was someone just like, here's a ping pong racket, try it. Like, see what happens. Or what was it? Actually, I got it started through a school friend, an elementary school friend. Yeah. And uh, her father uh, enjoyed playing table tennis. So at the parents' night, her father contacted my father and they started talking and turns out that they both really like table tennis. So they arranged to play table tennis at the local club and my dad brought me along and I just looked at it the first few months. I didn't really know what it, what it was, but eventually I started to like it and I started playing for fun and I really liked it. I don't know why, but I really liked it and I don't regret not liking it because so what is it, it got me to where I am. What is it that you like about table tennis? See, don't get me wrong. I love the, like, Table tennis is a sport where you have you have your regular tennis, right? If, you, if you've ever played regular yes. tennis, so much running. I don't run as a person. Cardio is not for me. But in table tennis, I feel like everything is in your reach and anything is possible. That for me is what I like. But it's like the back and forth rally that you can go faster and faster where, I don't know, maybe that's what I like about it. What, what is it, your opinion on it? Like, what do you like about table tennis the most? The speed. The speed. Yeah, table tennis is definitely one of the fastest sports in the world. Yeah. And at a professional level, it's one of the hardest to play. Because if you look at the speed, tennis is more like running. Yeah. But table tennis is more like footwork. The way you need to move between point A and point B. Uh, of course, nothing is out of the reach in table tennis. Right. But if you don't move in the correct form, then you, you're done. You really have to move in a coordinated way and connect your hand eyes and, yeah. and legs so now i want a question so you said you started at nine right i want to know how long did it take you to like start like actually dedicating time to table tennis like when was it when were you like okay, i'm going to start putting more time than i do for like normal other sports or other things actually i used to play golf when i was younger right. for fun like Ooh. recreationally initially my parents wanted me to play golf <laughs> uh, and i did some baseball mm -hmm. and also, I did some, I don't know if it's popular anymore, but uh, sports stacking or speed stacking with the cops. Speed stacking with the cops in elementary school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like on time. And you got it. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, yes, yes. That horrible. was horrible. I was horrible at that things. That was 2000, not even 2010 yet. It was oh, before 2010. That was, 20, that, was, that was famous. Like, you know, you'd, you'd watch it on the news. They're like, oh, this guy beat the record. He did it under like two seconds. Like, holy, this guy's crazy. And it's like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, now you don't hear about it anymore. No, yeah. But before it was really popular. And the time I was in elementary school. Oh. Yeah. We got we got stack we we got this whole like big bag of like stack stacks in it yeah and like teachers are teaching this stuff in gym class I saw it on TikTok for the first time in like ten years yesterday I was scrolling through it I was like wow people still do this this is crazy 
but yeah, it's still a sport. Like, okay, I don't know if you can call it a sport, but they do have like world championships or like circuit, and they still run it now. It's just right. that nobody talks about it. So it's actually one of the only sports that ta- that's talked less about than table tennis in the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least, it's table tennis isn't last place, right? That's all that matters. No, not in North America, but in other continents, oh, table tennis pretty is pretty up there, even in Europe. So, so okay, so that was the sports that you were kind of doing. So then, what was it that like? When did you really just start? Was like, okay, table tennis is it? Like, when was your first initial thought that you know I'm gonna compete or like not even compete, just play a lot harder than the other sports? Was it 10, 11? I would say at some point between 10 and 11. Because you played uh, under the I, U11. Like you played under 11 championships. Yeah. And that was actually my second Canadian Nationals. Uh, Canadian National Championship. Because I started when I was 9 in mm-hmm. 2009. So in 2010 was my first Canadian National Championships. So I didn't get any titles there. Within less than a year of playing, or exactly a year of playing, you ended up winning. I already got third. I got third place in under eleven. But finally, in twenty eleven, the next year, which is my last year to play the under eleven category, that's when I got first place. So within less than two years, it just recreationally, provincially, nationally, and then at twelve, which is only three years later, was my first international competition representing Canada. So everything kind of worked out really fast for me. Yeah, it was a very inspiring you, that's very speed track. story. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I want to know how that works out. Like, how do how does someone just go from playing like oh, for like two, three to like probably like less than a less than an hour ever, and then playing, you know, winning a championship? Like, how how did that all work out? Like, when did you even decide you wanted to go to nationals at the age of ten? You said like what? How yeah, that which is less up? than a year. How yeah. does that? Come uh, up? It's all depends on dedication. Yeah. Uh, I know that personally, nine was a late age to be professional in any sport. And in the beginning, I had no expectations to be professional. I didn't even have any expectations to even be at the provincial level, uh, talking, rather than yeah. talking about the national or international. But I was really committed because I really love this sport. And when you do something you love, you don't hesitate. You can play four hours a day, five hours a day. After school, I would be there four to ten just for fun, playing with random people and also receiving some coaching. And as I got older, I increased the amount of personal coaching yeah. and less playing with just random people. Yeah. But if you, like, if you like it, and you can really put your mind to it, even in other sports, you know, that's very yeah, important. So talk to me about not like you, your first provincial game. Like, how was that? Like, I'm, I'm assuming you ended up winning it because you went to nationals that same year. Like how? Uh, first provincial, I did not end up winning it. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it was 2010, the year. Right. But I made a really significant improvement. Uh, it was March of 2010. That was about half a year of me playing. Yeah. And then I got second place in March of 2010 in the under wow. 11 boys. That's in Ontario. That was your then, only half a year of playing though. Yeah. And yeah. I was second already in my yeah. province, which is pretty decent. And then... In July was the Canadian National Championships, and that was my first one that I've ever played. And I remember just going there, and it was feeling different. Even Canadian Nationals for me felt like a big tournament yeah. at the time, and it was so overwhelming. Yeah, I'm being as someone who is new to the sport. Uh, yeah, so everything was just very, very quick, and I got third place, which I shouldn't even have gotten it given yeah. the short time that I've played. But my passion to the sport really helped me 
just hopped through my career all these years. What What do you think it was? Like, were you just naturally gifted at the sport, I'm assuming, at this point? Like, you had natural talent for the uh, abilities for the sport and then just kind of everything, and then putting in time, it just kind of uh, speed-tracked everything, eh? Well, nat- natural talent definitely helps. Yeah. Uh, it's a big factor, but yeah. natural talent cannot... Natural talent actually is only really helpful in the early ages. Yeah. But once you get to the older ages, the natural talent is not going to bring you that far. Because everyone but in has the younger talent. ages, yeah, in the younger ages, the natural talent really plays a big role. Yeah. Because you have these kids who are naturally less talented in the sport, yeah. but they actually train many hours. And then you have another group of kids who are just talented, but they don't really train very well. But yet they so, still overpower. Yeah, as you grow up, the hard work eventually will be the talent if the talent doesn't work hard. So you, I would I mean, like to say I'm talented, but <laughs> uh, I'm a very humble person. But yeah, a lot of my a lot of my coaches that I've worked with since yeah. I was younger, they always said I had a natural talent yeah. for the sport, and they were the ones who motivated me to keep going and playing the sport because I didn't really know much about table tennis when I first mm. started. So I really listened to them and seek their advice, and I discovered my talent on my own based right. on my results. Right. No, of course. Yeah. Natural talent can only take you so far. Cause you know, you, you, if you've ever been in like high school, not even elementary school, you know, you always saw those kids that were a lot more ch- uh, t- athletic than you. They were always a little faster. They were, but as you got older, you started catching up to them. And it wasn't for the fact that, oh, you know, they, they don't have talent. It's just that you were trying harder and you eventually caught up to them. They just stopped training. They stopped training. You started training. Or not training seriously. Exactly. And and you ended up catching up to them. It's like, whoa, okay, do I have talent? It's not that you have talent. You've just been putting in more hours than they have, right? What is it? You just put in 100,000 hours. What is it? 100,000 hours to actually master something completely? That's the rule I heard in all sports. I think it's 100,000. I heard that in all sports. Yeah. I think 100,000 hours to master is skill. A skill. I'm not sure if it's to to master a whole sport. No, no, a skill. Yeah, but that's a general rule. Yeah, that's, that's not really a rule, but that's the general understanding. Exactly. Yeah, which is crazy. And I've heard that before. It's been I, a while a, since I, heard I, that. I feel like I feel like one of my you know philosophical elementary teacher told me that. I swear I heard it in elementary or high school. I that's, heard it before. My personal trainer told me that. Before. Yeah. At some point, some that cheesy line came up somewhere. I just don't know where. Uh, so you ended up winning the categories of under 11, under 13, under 15, and under 18, right? Which was, does that mean, so were you winning those every year at that point? Or were you just winning every championship every year? Or what was that like? Uh, so the second year, oh, no, sorry. So the second year is the year I won my first title, yeah. under 11. Right. The third year, was when I won under 13 because I was right. at the age of 12. Right. So my second and third national, I did get national titles in both. Okay. Now, starting from my fourth year, when I was 13, that's when they cut the under 11 and under 13 categories. Oh. Okay. At the time, the Canadian championship was only under 15, under 18. I think they changed it to make less events. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's just how it was. As traditionally, for many years, they always had 11 and 13 minutes, and it's going to come back very soon. It's still gone now, but it's going to come back. They're going to restart it again. But I saw at the age of uh, 13, I was already participating in the under 15 category. Yeah. So when I was 13, I didn't get any titles, but they were all podium finishes. Yeah. 14, again, I didn't get any title, but I was at a podium finish. Uh, I got third place for the under 15 
in yeah. 2013. Second place for under 15 in 2014. So slowly moving my way up. Well, and it's finally just, in. So, yeah. so you also competed the senior world championship at the age of 13. Yes, yes. That one's actually. It's good you mentioned that. Um, yeah, because I was trying to go to my national, but we can go to international, which is more significant. I think. Oh no. Sure. I, okay, continue with international. We'll go to the international after. Okay, continue. So at the age of 15, you won it. So you won the under 15 at the age of 15. Yeah. And at the age of 16, 17, and 18, yeah, I won three times the under 18 title. Oh, wow. Okay. That's so I, I kind of only won one time in under 11, yeah. one time under 13, one time under 15, but what and three year. times under 18. Everyone, you just overpowered everyone. You're like, huh, I, I'm OP now. <laughs> Overpower. <laughs> game actually, the years I won on, in the under 18, yeah. I also won men's twice. Okay, let's go to your men's. So when did you compete in yes. the men's tournaments? Men's single was 2017 national champion for the men's. Right. That's the main title. Yeah. That's the title that goes on the trophy. That's like the main, main Ooh. national champion title. At the age of 17 too. Yes. That Ooh. was one of the, I'm not really sure if I should really say it because I'm checking. I was, I didn't really get to check the records. It but says you were, you said you were the youngest the national. Youngest. It says yes. you were the youngest national champion ever. So it says ever. Yes. So you were yes. the youngest. So okay. yeah, if the if that was statement was made by also the federation, yeah. So then it was official. <laughs> it's it says so right here. Reading it right off Team oh, Canada. Oh, which website? Because Team Canada. Oh, Team Canada. Yeah. yeah. So it's official. Yes. Yeah. It's underneath your bio. Yeah, I don't want to be quoted no, wrong. Now, but now but, you can say it. <laughs> But that was the statistic. And right. then in 2018, I renewed my title. Mm -hmm. And won doubles. Yeah, I won doubles many times, actually. Yeah. I would say I won doubles four times. More than uh, singles. More than singles, definitely. Yeah. Doubles is two people. So Who there's your less doubles partner? players. Uh, my doubles partner for the first, the first time I won yeah. was one of my friends. Right. And then the... Second and third time I won was with another friend. I actually right. won two two consecutive years. And then the year in 2019 when I won my fourth doubles title was actually with my coach. Oh, wow. That's that's really nice. That's a, yeah. That must have been a cool experience. It was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. To play so, with the coach. So with my that, own coach. Yeah. Let's talk about international experience. So uh, where did you go play internationally? Uh, many places. Right. I started off at 12 in Sweden. Oh, wow. I played, it's called the World Hope Challenge. So basically it's like a, you can really say it's like a world championship for the right. ages of 12 and under. And I finished in the, I lost in the quarterfinals. Ooh, so I finished cool. in the top, top eight in the world for my age yeah. at the time. That's So that was pretty good. And then under 15, the category was 15, 18. Yeah. So under 15, I traveled the world to many continents. I went to uh, Europe. I went to Asia, Africa I've been to. Even the country in South Africa I went to. Yeah. And also uh, Asia, uh, the Middle East, Australia. What was I it? went to all of those places. What's the crowd like? You know, crowd in North America for ping pong is very, very minuscule. It's not It's not very Yes, that's true. And what about in, when you were in Europe and Asia? There are a lot more prominent countries for table tennis. What was the crowds like there? Depending on the tournament. Right. Like... For the world championships, it didn't really matter where it was because it is the world championship. Yeah, exactly. People who really love the sport actually would fly the world to see it. So when I was playing the world championships at the age of 13, as you mentioned earlier, 
there was a lot of audience. And it's a totally different feeling. Just when you play, the ceiling is much higher. You're like, whoa, I feel like I'm in a real stadium yeah. as opposed to like a normal okay. hall, which is yeah. very short, the ceiling. So you feel like, wow, this is pretty, some pretty intense stuff. Yeah. But definitely the crowd in Asia is the biggest. Uh, so did you ever, did you ever, how far, how, what was the biggest podium placement you got for at an international stage? An international stage. At under 15, I actually won a title. It was like kind of like a world tour, but for under yeah. 15. And I won one title, which is at the Puerto Rico Junior and Cadet Open. Ooh, I was wow. the Cadet Boy Singles Champion. And also in 2015 in Croatia, a European tour, I got second place, which is European tour is definitely harder yeah. than the Puerto Rico tour that I played. So second place was a decent finish. Not bad. Not bad. I was ranked at the best 19th in the world for under yeah. 15. And then under 18, I didn't win any title, but I got third place right. multiple in, times. In the Pan Am American Junior Championships, right? Yes. Oh, what? Uh, three times. Three bronze medals in one event. Triple medalist. That's what it says. That's, yes. That's, that's a humble flex. Yeah. Humble singles. Flex. Yeah. <laughs> singles, boys, double. Yeah. And mixed doubles. Those mixed are the double. three. Yeah. So what is it? What is, what is the experience like uh, standing up against the best of the best players in the world? Like what does that make you feel? Like you're, you haven't gone to the Olympics yet, but you know, but what, what, what was it like playing at, at the age, in your teenage years? What was that like? At the international, against some at of the, the best inter, players yeah, in the world. Yeah, best players in the world. It's a really special experience yeah. and it's a good learning experience for me. When I play so many events at a young age, I need to learn to how to learn from the from the pros, mm -hmm. not try to win, try to gain experience and see what I can in, learn from them. Right. Oh, sorry. Did it get cut off? It's a, no, 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 you're good. It's just oh, your video. It's my just camera video. somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So would you like me to restart the answer again so you can edit? No, oh, uh, sure. You can go. Yeah. So the question was the, what it was like at well, a young like, age. Playing at, uh, at playing at the international stage. Yeah, okay, we can start over. So at a young age, playing internationally was a really unique experience. It was a stepping stone and a learning opportunity for me to learn and watch how the best players in the world play and use their skills and interpret it into my game and combine it with my own skills. Right. And I've played some of the top players in the world. Like before the pandemic started in February of 2020, I played the Pan American Cup. Yeah. And I played against world ranked number six. And it was a really good experience for me as I didn't expect to win. Yeah. But I went in with the attitude, I'm going to try my best. Of course, if I can try to win. Yeah, of course. But, but you got to do your best. And exactly. actually, I surprised myself and I surprised many people. I actually lost with a score of four sets to two. Oh, it's not bad. It's very impressive. A match that should have been lost by four sets to zero. Yeah. But I got four two loss. It's still a loss, but much better than I expected. Exactly. And another highlight was I was actually leading two sets to one. Whoa. So I was actually had him down. Yeah. He was actually down against me and he was trying his best. So to see him show me the level of respect and try his best. Yeah. Really made me feel like, wow. I'm gaining some respect of the top players in the world. Right. It means that I'm actually improving and it gives me more motivation to push further and higher 
and higher. Um, when it comes to like, yeah, I had a question about that. Like, uh, where, where do you rank in the world right now? At the moment, I'm ranked 150 about. Whoa. And, yeah. and that's, that's men's, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and my you, highest was 141, actually. Would you be, would you be considered, uh, the, one of the youngest players in the, the Olympics going into the, uh, table tennis game? I would say one of the youngest, one of the youngest, but not the youngest for sure. Not the, not youngest. the youngest for sure. Yeah. Maybe few people should be younger than me. Like, okay, maybe more than few. Like, I would say <laughs> if I had to do a calculation, yeah. because the qualifications are not fully done yet. Yeah. Uh, I would say about six to eight players younger than me. Wow. Some superstars, like really good superstars, and young probably- kids that are like top twenty, top ten in the world even. Wow. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, so are you excited? I want to know your excitement and like, you know, what kind of, what kind of things gets you motivated, you know, to continue trying to get better? You know, you've basically conquered Canada at this point. What, like, yes. what is, what is like, what motivates you to continue like pushing? I would say my passion for the sport. That's definitely a big factor does, for does, my motivation. Does, uh, does trying to, you know, trying to change the game of ping pong in Canada, uh, sorry, table tennis in Canada, try and motivate you too. Like what, like if you, like everyone has a, like, you know, there's really small sports in Canada. There's many sports. There's cricket, there's table tennis, there's uh, rugby, there's like, these are the smaller sports in Canada that aren't highlighted, you know? What, like, what yes. kind of, like, what kind of dreams do you see for table tennis? Like, do you think it's a growing sport in Canada and do you see it growing a lot more? Because the thing issue with table tennis that I've noticed, like I can genuinely tell you right now, I'm from Manitoba, right? I live in a small, a small, small province. We don't have a lot of ping pong table tennis here. Like if I wanted to participate in a tournament, I'd have to drive two hours and get into a tournament in Winnipeg. And then there people are already training and have coaches. There's no way, there's nothing on the prairies, you know? And you lived in Ontario, so you had the benefits of playing against the best of the best in the country anywhere almost. It's the hot spot. It's the hot spot in Canada. So so do you think it's possible for it to grow? It's definitely possible for the sport to grow, but it's all depending on how you market the sport and who is doing the marketing. Marketing is definitely very important because table tennis is a very... I wouldn't say it's not like one of the mainstream sports in Canada. It's a niche but, sport. Yeah, I would say. But it does definitely have the potential to grow if right. certain adjustments are made. Like in the world, in the International Table Tennis Federation, they're actually doing a very good job to expand the sport. Right. They're actually turning it, turning the sport more like into tennis. Now they're making like grand, they call it like a grand smash yeah. or like a grand equivalent to the grand slam yeah. in tennis. And now they accept, they have to accept players based on their world ranking for each event. Wow! So they're trying to modernize the sport, and they're trying to make the sport make each game shorter. Right. Because the problem with table tennis is that a lot of time is taken in between the points. So eventually, it gets boring to watch. It's not always like boom, boom, boom. Like yeah. Not every time. Right? There's a lot of rallying. So not all the time. Yeah. Like the rally doesn't happen every single ball. No, no, you're right. So that. So in some aspects, it's not very entertaining to watch compared to basketball yeah. or any other sport or hockey, yeah. soccer, football. But if you kind of condense this, condense it, 
you'll see many good points yeah. in table tennis. It's a really interesting sport to watch. It's just that like a lot of the details of the sport make it a, a very boring to watch. Right. If, if, if as a watcher, what should we what should we be looking out for? You know, we're watching high competitive games. I think I, mostly I'm waiting for them to smash that ball to pieces. Like I'm just like, oh, it's gonna hit it, it's gonna go up, it's gonna break in half. But like, what as a as a professional, what would you say that you know spectators should be looking for to you know to visualize or to stimulate their mind while watching the game? Spin, spins, spins because. It's not always about fast. Who can kill the ball? Uh, they don't have much rallies as people think, as you see in the training videos. Training videos are typically actually more entertaining to watch yeah. than match videos. But I would say spin. Table tennis is a very detailed sport. So if the spectators, they look at spin, how the ball is rotating, if it's going under spin or top spin, or the ball is kind of turning to the side, I think that's what they should really be looking for as opposed to what they typically look for, which is the long rally, which they do happen, but not as much as you think. Right. Uh, how, how often do you train? Like, what's your, what's your training schedule like within Canada? These, well, uh, especially before the pandemic or before now. The, before the pandemic, then now. We'll compare. Before the pandemic, I trained a lot. I trained about five hours, five plus hours a day. Five sometimes would be six. Do you train all over the country or do you train just in Toronto? Internationally. Oh, I did a lot of my training in China because they're very good. They're the best country for table tennis and it's their number one sport there. And there's a lot of audience. So in China, I would train about five to six hours per day, morning, afternoon, and evening. And the five to six hours is like the time spent training. Yeah. Like I don't include the time where I go home and I rest or I eat lunch or dinner. I don't include that. So technically it is much longer than five to six hours when you factor in the lunch break yeah. and the physical, the fitness training in the gym aside yeah. from table tennis. But the actual time spent on the table would be five to six hours. Right. And that's not including like watching film and watching yourself uh, and all that. Stuff. Oh no, not including that. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, many professional athletes would tell you they spend, like, eight, seven to eight hours, even more. So that's the, the, the typical number, seven to eight. Yeah. But the real, the real number would be five to six. So. You're, so, basically, you're living and breathing table tennis at the moment. Well, yeah, you were before the pandemic. What, what it, even now, but, but to a certain extent. What was it like? So, when the pandemic hit, what was that like? Did it halt all your training? Yeah. And I had to train, do some of my training in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> Best place to train. <laughs> Best place to train. Actually, table tennis, you can play in the basement. Oh, I have, that's we, the good thing. We used to have a table tennis in our basement. We just got, uh, and I'm hoping to get one back. It's the best thing. It's like, it's one of those, you know, it's one of those sports that you played as a kid, you know? You went to your buddy's house, you had a table tennis, and you guys just played a little bit for a few hours. You're like, this is so yeah. much fun. Pretending to be superstars and trying to smash and backspin, topspin. Yes. Um, so uh, what, how much hours of training do you do now since it's a little more, more lenient? Um, now I would say do more fitness training, fitness training, because I don't have limit. I have limited space when I'm yeah. in the basement. So what, I can't what, go back and swing at it. Like yeah, I normally do. What, what kind of, what kind of fitness training do you do? Is it a lot of cardio or do you like uh, pump some iron? All aspects. You pump some cardio. Iron. Core is the most important. Do you, do you pump some iron to get like big biceps? Is it, is it, would it be help if you have the bigger, the biceps, the bigger, the, the, the spin you think or is it or what would big arms help 
would big arms make your uh, smashes more powerful or probably not? Uh, it depends because everybody's built differently. Right. So, uh, so that's kind of your. Fin- what is your foot? What is footwork like in badminton compared? Like, not not badminton. Sorry, in <laughs> table. T- I've just played yeah. a lot of badminton in my lifetime. In uh, table tennis, what's the footwork like? Because in badminton, there's certain footwork. In each sport, there's footwork, right? What's the table tennis footwork like? What's the key to that? Like, what is it? If the you had to key to it. table tennis footwork. You Small steps. Small steps. Actually, it's similar to soccer in many ways. Because in soccer, you need sm- they have a lot of those small steps. Yeah. Like when you try to move the ball around. Same yeah. as table tennis. Small step. Small step to a short area. Because the table is not very long. Right. So you need a combination of small steps. Yeah. So is it just a bunch of small steps trying to, like, grab the ball? Like, and do you hold the ball? Like, you know when you're taught to hold the paddle, you, like, you reach your hand forward and grab it like that? Or how do you, or do you hold your paddle like they do in, like, you know, the, like that or the backwards thing? Like, how do you hold your paddle? Oh, then the regular way at the moment. The shake hand grip. The shake as hand? you see in the video. So like, what's, like this. That's yeah, the so normal grip. Yeah. What's the other grip then? Where that did that come hold. from? Oh, where did more, that come from? More from Asia. But now even Asia is adopting this style. Yeah, it's the pen hold style is a bit older. Yeah, you could say now in this era, shake hand is more efficient. But in the older era, for sure, pen hold was dominating at, the, at a certain time. But for now, it's the shake hand era. That's pretty good. Even the Chinese are using shake hand grip now. Okay, if you had to give one advice to uh, people playing the sport of table tennis, what, what kind of advice would you give to them? Before you work on power, work on consistency. What do you mean? What do you That's mean important. consistency? Do you mean like uh, keeping the ball on the table? Right. Before you just want to swing and want to be like everybody else, what you see on the videos, they're just swinging, swinging, swinging. Right. But more consistency, that's very important. Once you develop consistency, speed, power can always be added later. More repetitions on the table. If you can play 20 balls without missing, 30 balls. Much better than just playing one or two balls at full power. You know, I had a question. You know, as an Olympic athlete right now, uh, are you sponsored or is this, or are you paying out of your pocket for everything? Uh, at the moment, I have a bit more sponsorship and endorsement. Yeah. But... In the previous right. few years, and when I was younger, not much. It's actually a pretty expensive sport. It's not yeah, that cheap. That's what I was especially, about. Especially, yeah, especially being not like a very popular sport in Canada. Yeah. So to play and get full training, few hours per day, costs money. That's for sure. Not only that, traveling around the world to play. Oh yeah, different places. Many of my events were self-funded, but at the yeah. moment, I'm getting a bit more funding and some carding from the government. Yeah. And because I've qualified for the Olympic Games, some more funding for some tournament. I'm actually leaving to play some tournaments soon. Oh, that's awesome. Is it, like, was it, were your parents ever, you know, a lot of, a lot of, like, kids are hesitant because, you know, they can't afford to play at such a level. Yes. Is, is there, is there stuff in the sport of uh, table tennis that, you know, does offer help for kids like that who are talented but can't seem to even get to a tournament because of that? Hard hard yeah there's no programs specifically dedicated to that right but for sure there's like some athlete assistance program but it's more based on level it's not really based on financial need right if you have some talent and you have the result of course the the government or the some company resources would be able to provide you with sufficient funding to play this for 
I have to ask. Like it's you, more based on level. Are you sponsored by any uh, any uh, table tennis racket teams? Yes, I am sponsored by Butterfly at the moment. Ooh, I love Butterfly rackets. They're that's so the nice. big. That's the most famous at the moment. I would say it's the most popular brand. Yeah. in the world. And they're nice. Those are nice rackets. And I've been sponsored for a long time since 2011. Oh, that's good. Wait, you've been sponsored by Butterfly since 2011? Yes, so, so 10 years. So but the sponsorship sponsor increases every year. Like, oh, right. Because you've gotten better. I only got like very limited. At, when I was younger, I had very limited quantity. Yeah. So do they send you rackets or what does that sponsorship work like? like? They have like a, a contract you have to sign. Yeah. A certain amount of rackets and rubbers per year, per fiscal year, like April to April. And I keep renewing. And awesome. it's going to be my 10th year possibly if I renew. That's a whole decade. Yeah, that's a, a long time. It's a long time with them. Uh, do you have any final words uh, you'd like to say? Uh, uh, I'll I'll put your Instagram in. People need to check you out. You have some really cool videos on there. Okay, so yeah. when you share the podcast, you will have my. I'll have your Instagram it. on the bottom. On the bottom. Yeah, you can put yeah. it on the bottom and also tag it. You can mention I, it in of the caption. Yeah, that would I'll, be really I'll, great. I'll check you. you can do that. No, of course I'll check. You. I have your Instagram with me, and I'll put it on. Okay. Do you, do you have anything else you want to mention? Uh, something cool about you that no one knows and is on my podcast? That I, I can... think that's okay. I have said a lot. Unless you have any more questions. Because I do talk a lot also. No, I, I talk way too much. Um, what is the one thing you're excited for in Tokyo? Let's talk about that. The Athletes Village. Oh. Are you, are that's you... a very unique experience because you're, with, you're in a village, isolated village. With, and they're all Olympians, and you can meet some big names. A lot of the big names. You can who are you excited take to photos meet? with them. Uh, at the moment, I don't really have one, but yeah. I would like to meet like some swimmers, some tennis players. Yeah. Oh Just, yeah. Yo, if you ever meet Roger Federer, can you get a picture with him and be like, "Stability Podcast." I'll try, yeah. but I've heard stories of him being of the like, really high ones. Oh yeah, yeah. They would be even uh, at Athletes Village. They try to hide themselves. <laughs> Because you, you know, have athletes bombarding them for pictures. Oh, yeah, because there's younger kid athletes, like, you know, the freaking 18 year old Like me. Yeah, 20. And, like, you've grown up watching them, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I have grown up watching him play. That's crazy. And uh, what's it, Dojovic? Dojovic? Yeah, he will be at the Olympics if That's... he accepts the invitation. But yeah. he for sure will qualify based on his world ranking. Well, yeah, he's, like, number two. Exciting. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm excited to watch you. Uh, I'm going to watch you play in the Olympics. I'll be like, I know that guy. I talked to him. This is so cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll do my best. I try to do my Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you so much for talking to me. Uh, no I problem. Hope, good, luck, good luck with everything. Stay safe. Uh, we'll stay in touch. So once you're done with the Olympics and you get first place, uh, I'll be <laughs> I'll record this before that. And I'll get my second interview with you after the Olympics. Sure. Okay. We thank can you definitely so schedule it again. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Uh, I hope you have a good thank day. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Good night. Bye. Instagram at stability podcast or our Twitter at stability underscore pod.